0: welcome to f1 coffee corner full beans i'm your host as always terry and i'm here to keep you up to date with all of the unbiased hard-hitting formula one news so grab your favorite mug of coffee sit down strap it and get yourself comfortable to join in the conversation because this is f1 coffee corner this is full beans the must-have podcast for all formula One. welcome to the final episode of the 2023 season of f1 coffee corner all beans. It's been a while since I've done one of these, you'll notice I'm in new surroundings, i.e. the shed, it's cold, excuse my breath, it is freezing out there, I've got my little heater on, I've got my coffee, we're ready to go on what is going to be the F1 Coffee Corner season review episode. Now what I'm not going to do, I'm not going to go into every single race, all the standings, everything like that, because we'll be here all day and everyone knows I like to talk, so what we're going to do, we're going to go through some quick news, on what's been up and coming since the season ended in Abu Dhabi last weekend. We're then gonna go into the season review in terms of my thoughts on the teams and a bit looking forward to 2024. And then we're actually gonna finish it off with the takeaway in which I put a couple of videos up on my social media channels, where I talked about asking people to put on the highlights of the 2023 season. So we're gonna grab the phone and we're gonna have a look to see what they thought was the best action from 2023. So with all of that in mind, if you haven't already, hit that subscribe button, hit that follow button, be the first to know when these latest episodes drop and keep up to action with all of the latest Formula 1 news, especially during the off-season. And let's give it some full beans. Right, so you've got to bear with me here because we're going technical, we've got pictures, we've got everything on this new studio. So if it all goes horribly wrong, you'll just have to listen to me filling in the blanks with some just random words. So starting off with the news of the week. oh dear i can't believe that words right so news of the week what have we got we've got the williams update in terms of drivers coming for you and that is breaking news that is hot off the press today we've got sprint format and 2024 changes that are coming in we've got some driver rumors which includes trainers because it seems to be trainer silly season at the moment and i've got the latest data from the pirelli's hard test That was brought to you at the end of the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix weekend. So on the Tuesday after the Grand Prix finished. Not much to talk about in terms of the times, but we have got them to look at. And of course, the drivers who took part in that. So let's have a look at it. So Williams update. So breaking news, literally only happened an hour ago. And that is that Williams have re-signed Logan Sargent for another season. So that is the grid finally completed for 2024, with Logan Sargent keeping his place Alongside Alex Album. Now there's a lot of debate over this. There was some talk about um Frederick Vesti being involved, um, Terry chair, even Felipe Drugovich, but it seems that Williams have stuck to what they know, they've gone with a driver from the driver academy. It's not that much of a surprise, if I'm honest. It was on the cards. The noises coming out of Williams certainly shows that they were going to continue Logan Sargent. Could they have gone in a different direction? It's hard to tell. I feel you would have been swapping a rookie for another rookie which, as we know, is a big gamble. And I think James has kind of gone with, one, what he knows, and two, I really think that Williams want the driver academies to succeed. Um, yeah, I got to go on to the James Vowles question and answer debrief for the season today on the Williams app. And he's just so eloquent when you listen to him. Mercedes certainly miss him on that front. You know, listen to the debriefs. They don't quite sound the same as when James did them. When you listen to the Vowles verdict from Williams, he just puts you at ease. He's a calming influence. And I think he genuinely wants to see the driver academy actually succeed. So that is why I think they've gone to Lucas Argent. Could they have got better? I think the next season's the driver's market. It is a one-year deal. It still puts them in the frame for next year when silly season, which we'll come on to later, absolutely is going to be upon us. So, yeah, a sensible choice by Williams in terms of keeping everything the same allows them to focus and kick on. Right. Sprint format is next up. Now, we haven't been told what the sprint format is going to be yet. So there is an FIA meeting at the beginning of next year, and they are going to ratify all of the changes coming forward. But what we're hearing is there's a change to the sprint format in the sense of on the Friday, we're looking like we're going to get FP1, so that's as normal. Then we're going to get the qualifying for the sprint race on Friday afternoon, straight Friday evening, which is different. So instead of qualifying for the race on Sunday, it's going to be qualifying for the sprint race on Saturday. And then on Saturday morning is going to be the sprint itself, followed by qualifying on Saturday for the race on Sunday. Now, the big, big, big advantage to this is part Fermi. So what this would enable the cars to do is come out of part Fermi, it looks like, after the sprint race on Saturday. So it will allow them to make changes to their car. Now, they're not going to have any sessions to run these changes on their car, but they will have had, obviously, data from the sprint qualifying and the sprint race itself, as well as FP1. So they're gonna have a load of data going on for it. So don't be surprised if you see that one come in. I think it's a good format in terms of getting around the part of Fermi problems. And the other thing we're looking at is the possibility of it being a standalone sort of tournament. So the points don't go to the constructors or the driver's championship. They go into a separate pot. That's one that's being used about. And there is also talk of reverse grids, but we're not sure that all of the team are gonna sign off on that one. So it's gonna be interesting to see where they go for that. We are hearing that the venues are being decided. Um, I can't remember what they are off the top of my head. I know China's in there. I know Qatar's in there. Um, mm. I know that Brazil's in there again. And then I think the rest are unchanged. So I think they're all the same with the addition of China coming in. But I will double check that for you because generally, top of my head, I can't remember what they're rumoured to be at all. But, yeah, that's the sprint format. People thought it might go away. It's not going to go away. It is definitely here to stay. Then we've got 2024 changes. So what I mean by this is this is what the FIA have said is happening. So first thing is tyre blankets are out until, well, they're out until 2026 at the earliest, but basically they're out for 2025, 2024 as well. So they're, they're basically gone at the moment. Let's be honest about it. Um, Pirelli said that they'd rather focused their effort into getting the tyres right. A lot of criticism obviously this year over the tyres. Um, in terms of tyres, the other thing that's gone for the 2024 season is the alternative tyre allocation? Now, remember, this is one that was run twice this year, which is where during Q1, you actually run the hards, Q2, you have to run the medians, Q3, you actually to run the softs. So, what's happened is, is that's been scrapped as well. So, it's back to free tyre choice for drivers. So, that isn't coming back at all. It's going to be as it was, the allocation is remaining the same. So, they basically scrapped that one. Um, in terms of what's happening with, we've heard about the sort of um, mud guards, the sort of weather guards that are going on the cars. There was a trial issue at Silverstone. That unfortunately failed. It didn't give them the results they wanted. They've gone back to the drawing board and they're going to try that again in the the spring of next year. So that's another trial with a new design. They've got the teams on board to help them with the design in the hope it helps. And we've also just literally a couple of days ago heard about driver cooling updates. So they're looking at options in extreme weather. So they're going to look at a a little sort of um, scoop, a little slit underneath to drive the air into the driver's cockpit. They're looking at increasing the minimum weight allowance so drivers could potentially have the cool investor on while they're driving as well so they are looking at a few options to help making sure that what didn't happen in Qatar happens again obviously we're going to be there later this year so it's not going to be the same sort of impacts as what we saw this year so I think that's going to be a big plus for them and then we come to driver rumors now obviously with Logan Sargent that's the drivers out so driver rumors that we're certainly hearing about is more around the trainers so we know that Bradley has left Max for We know that Michael has left Yuki. And it seems that Carlos's trainer, Rupert, has gone to Max. So there's going to be a big sort of move around in terms of the drivers' trainers, which is, of course, their closest confidence. They are the ones who spend the most time with the drivers. During the off-season, getting them ready, all of this time is spent together. So a lot of big changes happening. And we saw that actually the impact of Lewis Lewis losing Angela had. So don't underestimate that impact at all. In terms of what it's going to have on drivers but that's what we've got for that then we've got the prelly tire test so this is a data i'll bring it up here for you now so all of this data now what you've got to bear in mind is there is no new parts on the car it isn't respective in the sense of you know how flat out they're going a lot of young drivers in there this test is normally designed to give drivers a chance to get to know their new teams when they change over seats yeah we saw last year Obviously, Fernando in the famously unbranded Aston Martin due to contracts. We saw Gasly in the Alpine, all those things. That's not happened this year because we haven't had the driver's change. So it's a bit different. Um, You can see from the times there, we've got Espan Ocon, who used to see five compound. He had the best time of 1 minute 24.393, which was set towards the end of the day at 5 to 5. And all the way down the bottom, you've got Alex Albon. He was on the C2 tyres, a short since in the morning, 1 minute 27.824. Yeah, know, set a lunchtime on there. Some really good performances, though. You've got Pato Award in there. You've got Vessi in there. You've also got Jack Durham in there. You've got Robert Swartzman in there. And Terry Pochier, Felipe Adrykovich. Um, You know, Jake Dennis. It was great to see Jake Dennis in, the, in a Red Bull, in a Formula One car. Obviously, does a lot of stim work for um, Red Bull. Has done since 2018. So it's good to see him getting back on the track and getting some performance in there. Like I say, not a lot you can tell from these times, um, George Russell of the big story of the day decided he'd had enough of the W14 and just completely binned into the wall. And that was it. Um, only joking. He genuinely had a fault, which caused him a crash. So he didn't deliberately bin it in the wall before anyone jumps to me for that one. But yeah, it's safe to say that this doesn't give us much of a sort of go on who's going to be who for next season. In fact, it gives us very little. But I just thought it'd be nice to add it in there and sort of, you know, See if anyone wants to get that data. See if you want to compare the times. But like I say, yeah, Pato Awards quite interested up there. Vesti interested up there. Very close to the competition. Very close to the other driver driving as well. So certainly wants to watch for the future, that's for sure. Now, we come on to the best part of the podcast. The whole part of the podcast. And that is the season review. Um, the year of the ball. Can we call it anything else? Let me have a drink of coffee. And while I'm sipping my coffee, we will have. <clears throat> that went in far too much longer for that one. But yeah, so here we go. The year of the ball. And yeah, we can only call that, can't we? I mean, I'll put the constructor Championship up. Red Bull at the top. Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, Aston Martin, Alpine, Williams, strong performance from Williams, Alpha Tari, Alpha Romeo and Haas. Like I said, I'm going to go into this in a bit more detail in a second in terms of the teams and the drivers. I'm not going to dissect the races. I'm not going to go into that much detail. I have got some content coming over the winter where I'm going to drill into this a lot more. So what I'm going to do over the winter is a series of podcasts, which basically looks at the individual team's performance and the drivers' head-to-head and how they did in the championship. So don't worry, you're not getting all the information on this one. This is a genuine overview of what's been going on. Um, and then, of course, we've got the drivers' championship as well. Max obviously championing the first time in a row. Checo locking out second, first ever 1-2 for Red Bull, all the way down to Nick De Vries in 22nd. Um, and Logan Sergeant having the unluckiest of being 21st in a 20-man championship how bizarre is that that's for sure but yeah there we have it that is the drivers standing championship so we had max sergio lewis fernando charles lando carlos george oscar lance pierre esteban alex yuki valtteri nico daniel joe kevin liam logan and nick devries finishing off the bottom and like i said for the construction championship we had Red Bull, Mercedes, Ferrari, McLaren, Aston Martin, Alpine, Williams, Alfa Tauri, Alfa Romeo and Haas for that one. So, with that in mind, let's do the season debrief. So, 2023, it was a season that we hoped would see the start of the closing up of the field. It ended on a season of what can only be described as complete dominance from Max Verstappen and, of course, the Red Bull team. Max led what's probably the most dominant season ever in Formula 1 on his way to a third straight World Drivers' Championship. But we're going to cover more of that later on because I don't want to do that part first because everyone switch off. We're going to start off at the back of the pack, which means, unfortunately, we're going to start off with Haas. Now, the early season was started with much optimism, especially when in four out of the first five races, we saw the Haas team scoring points. We really thought they'd turn the corner. We really thought they'd come out out of block flying into what was a good season. But as the season wore on, this early promise completely diminished with the point scoring turning into fewer and far opportunities as Hassa ended the season in 10th place and rock bottom of the Constructors' Championship. A position which surely has to put Gunter at some sort of scrutiny. Now, the drivers, Nika Hulkenberg and Kevin Magnussen, saw this season as a complete step back for the team, calling it disappointing and upsetting with the lack of progress and their sheer frustration at the lack of development that the team brought forward. We even saw Hulkerberg going back to the previous car. It wasn't the best season Hass. They've got to do better next season, that's for sure. And always there's going to be some sort of screw to the end of that team. Ninth place, we've got Alfa Romeo, who will of course be changing their name for 2024 and leaving us. And of course, reverting back to Sauber before Aldi joining us in 2026. Now they're clearly at a crossroads they're clearly at a crossroad point in the team with one focus on 2026 and that's causing such uncertainty and lack of performance currently. My personal view is that Joe and Bottas, the best they can expect for is more of the same for next season, resigning to picking up a scrappy few points here and there and hoping that some good performances are going to actually secure their places next season. There's not a lot I can say on their season. It's just been mediocre, ninth no place, one on the future really troubling if you're a salva stroke alpha fan. Then we've got AlphaTauri. That's the team that's undergoing a change both on and off the track, with a name change coming. We all know what that one's going to be now. And also a driver change that they implemented partway through the season. This season was clearly one of transition. They've got a new team principal coming in 2024, with Laurent Mechie taking over from Franz Tost. And of course, they've already got Peter Bear on board as a CEO. We're seeing a closer synergy with Red Bull, And that synergy saw their performance improve towards the latter end of the season as the team started adopting many parts from the Red Bull team. The plan for 2024 is to take as much as they can from Red Bull and climb at the standings. They've made that abundantly clear. We obviously had Danny's injury in the Dutch Grand Prix, which saw an impressive debut and some performances from Liam Lawson, who managed to not only get some points, but show us exactly what he can do in a Formula 1 car. And it's certainly not the end for... Liam Lawson in a Red Bull or an Alpha I think that, you know, from that point of view, his future is bright. It's disappointing that he's not going to get it. But certainly, you know, his potential for a seat is there. Now, we've got Yuki, who seemingly being held by the Honda deal to keep his seat for another year, a deal which has it edges closer to 2026, is going to see a split on his position, and his position is certainly weakened in the team. However, as a team as a whole, they're going to be buoyed by the end of the season upturn they produce. Yuki sort of finding some form at the end of the season, and Danny will hopefully be injury free and back into it, which bodes well for moving up the grid next season. That's for sure. Seventh place in what has to be one of the surprises of the season, the Williams team, a car that for a number of years we've seen has raw pace but seemingly lacking the aero package to compete in Formula One. It's sort of first season under the very impressive James Vowles. He is doing absolutely fantastic job at Williams. He's installing the growing confidence that the Grove-based team are on the right track at last, after years of just basically surviving. When you listen to him, he's got a plan, he's got a vision, he's got the back of the board, and he's just so calm and calculated. I think that James Rouse could be their best season signing ever. This was their best place in 2017, and it was obviously driven by the stellar performances of Alex Alban, who's rebuilt his reputation after Red Bull. And he's now starting to show with some performances that many didn't actually feel was possible after he departed Red Bull. Now, that's going to put him in the driver market, that's for sure. There is going to be an option for Alex album, I feel. And Williams are going to have to show some improvement if they're going to keep Alex album when the season starts in 2024. Sixth place was a disappointing Alpine. A really bad season for them. margin off-field activity and an even more disappointing on-track performance. The season starts off, well, there was an early promise. There was talk that Alpine, this was the year for them. They had a light car. They had solved their engine problems. They were going to hit the ground running. They were going to start challenging four podiums, four wins. And what happened is that early promise turned into disappointment and inconsistency for the whole remainder of the season. We didn't know which Alpine was going to show up. One minute we had an Alpine that was struggling for points. The next minute we had an Alpine that could challenge for a podium. It was literally flip a coin and see what you got. Ocon was obviously marred with all of his DNS and Gazi just never seemed to get going. However, the end of season investment with all of those superstars provided some much needed positive press for Alpine to finish off the season. They have two good drivers. The car is going to be a struggle again next season, I feel. And the engine performance is something that's certainly hindering them and one which I feel is going to be really hard to overcome in this co-regulation. We then come on to the top half of the Constructors and it now seems strange to be saying that fifth place for Aston Martin is disappointing considering this time last year where we were with the Aston Martin team. They would have taken, yeah, bit your arm off for fifth place. The season started with this early whispers that we heard that the team were onto something big and they came out of the blocks flying and they certainly looked like the closest competitors to the Red Bull crown as we started the season. They were literally, they they were going all guns for it. But it was with one driver. Lance struggled early season, especially after his injury, and the evergreen Lonzo so just picked up podiums for fun at the start of the season. The middle of the season was marked with upgrades not working for the team, causing them to drop off. But by the end of the season, performance for them, not only Fernando, but also Lance, have put them in a good position and certainly bodes well for next season. For what has to be the surprise package of the season. We know they have problems. They look like they fixed them. They look like towards the end of the season, they were getting back to their best and overcome whatever hit them in the middle of the season. And they're certainly going to be a force next season, I feel. Fourth, and McLaren, and what has to be the transformation of the season from bat markers to podium chasers, it is one of the most remarkable changes I've seen in the season. The nightmare that was early season in Bahrain seems a distant memory now for McLaren fans. The development, which they admitted went wrong over the winter period, with obviously the issues they saw with the floor. They admitted it's talking down the wrong path. They got it wrong. They couldn't overcome it quick enough. But then we saw them emerge from Silverstone, from the Silverstone shadows with a car that certainly taken elements from the RB19 design. And it was instantly quick with both Lando and Oscar both starting to battle, four podiums. Lando, he did well to get six runners up spots. And also there was, of course, Oscar's sprint win, showing a glimpse into what is going to be a strong, bright future for McLaren. There's no doubt about it. Oscar had a great rookie season. Lando, he's shown that side. He just needs to get a win. He needs to take that step up and get that confidence going. But McLaren, I feel, have one of the strongest lineups on the grid currently. Third place podium goes to Ferrari. The team that managed to halt the Red Bull clean sweep in Singapore. A season not too dissimilar to Alpine in the sense, You don't know which Ferrari would come and play. You just didn't know. It was literally potluck over a single lap. Undoubtedly, one of the fastest cars on the grid, especially with Charles showing that that pace, that raw pace that that Ferrari's got. But then just unable to convert that into race pace at all. Carlos showing some solid points um, as they're ending very little to choose between the two drivers. The team do look more settled under Fred. That's something I have noticed. And they're going to be hoping that the winter development can finally solve the tire egg that has hampered them all year. They need to sort that problem out. They need to get that Ferrari race pace going. And the fans will certainly be hoping there's an overhaul in the often ridiculed strategy department. Did the tyre problems cause the strategy department to not be as bold as they could have been? Was that an issue? Either way, Ferrari and strategy is becoming a bit of a meme and they need that to stop for next season especially with contact renewals being up. Both drivers are up for renewals. Both drivers want to be a number one driver. And if I'm honest, it's going to have implications over who stays with Ferrari, because I don't think they can continue with both drivers in this team. Second place went to Mercedes. Quite a surprise. On paper, they improved on last season's performance. But if you listen to Lewis and Toto, it's been a season of doom and gloom. Often heard apologising for the car on the team radio. The biggest story to come out of the season was, of course, the ditching of the zero side concept for Monaco, after obviously it was cancelled, and the introduction of what we now know as the W14B. Zero wins for the team, a team very much in a transition period in terms of their development, with, of course, James Allison leading in charge, giving fans optimism that they just might, might get it right with the W15, and it's going to be a step in the right direction. The one thing I will say with the W15, they are changing everything though. It is a risk. It is a gamble for Mercedes once more. If they don't get this right, there's going to be problems because they're talk about changing literally everything. I think I've got the quote from Toto here. Let me find it. Toto said, we're changing the concept. We are completely moving away from how we laid out the chassis, the weight distribution, the airflow, literally every component that's being changed because only by doing that do we think we've got a chance. Now, that is a risky move from Mercedes. They're not sticking with what they got. They are going for it. And they've got it wrong two years in a row. And it's going to be really interesting to see what they come out with in Bahrain and whether or not they can make the similar sort of steps in terms of performance gains that we've seen from Aston Martin, from McLaren, in terms of his big leap. If they can make that, then Mercedes might just have a chance to compete again. If not, then it's going to be game over for Mercedes in this current regulation. It's now or never for them. It's going to it's gonna either bring them into play or it's going to put them even further away from the top with the likes of Aston Martin and McLaren overtaking them. It's a gamble, but it's a gamble that I think worth taking. I agree with what Toto is saying. What he's saying is, is, if we can't win it, then what's the point? They're, they're out to win it. And it's a bold move again. You know, the conservative move would have been to see what you've got on the W14 Develop it and take it into W15. James Allison does not like that idea. They're saying that he's not been doing a lot of work on W14, that he's been focused solely on W15. It remains to be seen whether or not he's going to produce a rabbit out of the hat and whether or not they can challenge Red Bull. Coming on to Red Bull, we've got their first ever one two finish. There was a thought on how do Red Bull take the RB18 further. And then we witness a Red Bull team that have, well, They've just created the same winning culture that we used to associate with Mercedes. They've created total confidence in their team, confidence in their choices, winners throughout their whole team, whether that be drivers, strategy, pit crew. Every single member of that team is performing at the top of the game. And the RB20 has got a tough act to follow. But with Max firmly making sure we're in the Max Verstappen era, it's hard to see how, it's going to end and the rest of the grid can close that gap, that's for sure. Because ultimately, I feel it's going to be Red Bulls to lose again next year. That is pretty much yeah, my my end of end of season review of the teams. It's not that long, I know. My next part is I'm going to come on to where I'm going to talk about just what actually Red Bull achieved with Max Verstappen. Because... There's rightly a lot of accolades on the RB19 and the performance of the car, but you need driver and car in synergy. You need both of them working together. And I feel that sometimes Max isn't getting enough credit. So let's just have a look at some of the things that Max actually, you know, his record year in Formula One. So we're going to go through these now because this is phenomenal. So 86.4% win rate, 19 wins from 22 races. 575 points from a possible 620. That is domination. I'm sorry, there's no other word for it. 290 points clear at the top of the championship. 11 hat trick weekends. 1,003 laps led. And then don't stop there, does it? So in terms of that, we've got his actual records. Highest percentage of wins in the season. Most wins in the season. Most points in the season. Most consecutive wins. Most podiums in the season. Most laps led in the season. Highest percentage of lapsed in the season, most consecutive wins from pole, most wins from pole in the season, highest point gap between first and second in the standings, most consecutive races as the championship leader, most consecutive points scored, most consecutive top two finishes, most hat-tricks in the season, most pit stops by the winning driver in one race. I mean, that's what I didn't see coming. And the only drivers win three times in one country. Obviously, that's a geographical one, but it's still there. It's still a record. And that's my point. You can't take this away from Max, you know. How can we take away that this has been nothing but sheer dominance from Max Verstappen? Yes, he's been given a car to get that dominance. Yes, the RB19 is one of the best cars on the grid, and how do we do that? But the RB20 has got a tough act to follow, but let's not take away anything from Max's performance. Max has been Max has been the standout performance of the season without a shadow of a doubt. And yeah, if I had my hat, I'd tip it to Max because Max Verstappen is a driver to beat. Red Bull on the team to be. Do I think we're going to see it next season? Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure the team is going to have enough to compete in terms of getting close to Red Bull. I think that Red Bull has still got performance in hand. I've said this quite a few times. I think that they can take that performance and still go a bit further. I don't think they've paid everything turned up. I worry in terms of yeah, where do you take the RB twenty in terms of development? We know that the RB nineteen was a car which was a you know a lot lighter because of the carbon fiber they used in it and the chassis in it. They used a lot lot lighter materials on it. They put the new rear suspension in it. So and including the front suspension. So I'm not quite sure what it is you put into the sort of RB twenty to make the RB nineteen better. I'm sure Adrian New's got some up his sleeves. I'm sure that actually there's something which, you know, he's got in terms of he can do it. But for Max and for Red Bull, the 2023 season has just been utter domination. And for that. There you have it. Right. We're coming on to the takeaway part of the podcast. So this is a bit where I asked on social media if you know fans could put on there what they actually liked about the 2023 season. What was their highlight? So let me grab a sip of coffee. Hopefully everyone's still with me. Let me grab your phone. <coughs> Excuse me. And let's have a look what people actually put on the podcast. So Right, so we've got we've got Emma said that Norris getting second at uh, Silverstone was just amazing, then Oscar winning the sprint, and Yuki in the last race, but there was so many to choose from. <clears throat> we got Daniel saying Yuki leading five laps in Abu Dhabi. Alex says Hamilton's pole was number one, but also Oscar's sprint win, and Lewis chasing down Max at Kota and Sorensen's DRS to Lando to win. Alex, you obviously found quite a few. Um, Nadine said Hamilton getting P2 podiums. Obviously not a, a Hamilton fan, or maybe a Hamilton fan as in the performance was getting better. I'll let Nadine tell us that one. Uh, ben said the hype I had when McLaren led the first few laps of the British Grand Prix. Witnessing that myself, I'd have to agree with it. We had Alphonse Supremacy, Lewis on coach, having on the seat, but that may be biased. The v. Checo as well. Definitely the Checo. Um... Carrot Angler seeing a 43 year old giving those kids a schooling made me feel like I've still got a chance. Um, I'm with you on that one. We've got Anthony saying the mirror being useless, clearly not a Mercedes fan. We've got Kimberly saying two great moments Liam knocking out Max in qualifying at Singapore, and the last one off winning sprint racing guitar. We've got Scout Sleep with Lando Norris leads the British Grand Prix. Um, traveling gamers, Xander was the race I started watching form the wood again. The Claire's dive bomb on, on Checo, moments of the year. Uh, Rick has put favorite clip was Alonso and Checo, final lap in Brazil. Favorite race as a whole was Cota. Um, definitely Cota. I've got some real good vibes about going to Cota. Uh, then we've got Frankly FM84. Favorite race would be Zamfort for the madness. Favorite moment, Ocon's overtaker, at Yuki at Spa. Um, just going down. Benjamin, like the first half, where Alonso was competing every race for a podium. They were saw sort of coming. Brazil final laps. Josh, Xander for sure. Absolute chaos. And Liam. Um Old Bogan 50 Plus. Favourite part of the entire season was Max on the final podium with a tear in his eye. Love his passion in his drive. Steve, surprising that McLaren with Norris and Piastri start slowly came under during the season. Um Vinay, it'd be wrong of me not to say Vinay after supporting my lawyers. Has got Lewis at Kota chasing Max down. So have a look what what people were putting on Instagram as well. Um we've got we got Claire saying that Lando leading the first lap at Silverstone and his podium. Crowd went mental. They did. I was there, absolutely loved it. Um also Alonzo in Miami. Um my, one of my favorite scenes has to be Alonso asking how Lance is getting on while watching the big screens through Miami. I thought that was funny. Jacob Lando leading at Silverson. Um Will have at the Vegas Grand Prix. Indie Box, how Red Bull were baffled in Singapore. Um, yes, to, some real interesting comments there on on the season. Um I've had some highlights. I've had such such great opportunities this season. And I want to thank everyone who supported the page. I want to thank everyone who you know likes the video, shares videos, comments. Drops into the listens to the podcast. Um, it's been for me. It's been it's been a long year, but it's been so rewarding. Um, I've done some amazing stuff. You know, Red Bull factory parties, Aston Martin car launch party, Silverstone, the paddock. You know, first ever Grand Prix with my dad. Watching my dad seeing cars come out on track was quite truly a proper choking moment that we managed to get that um somebody talked about so long Something growing up we discussed something i never done and just to see it in that qualifying session on that saturday with some else. we've obviously had Silverton hotel we've had Silverton rooftop party from amy great friends on the way Um, amazing community that everyone's got there ultimately all of you lot are what provides yeah you know, the drive for me to carry on and be better ultimately you know i do this but it's nothing without people interacting and it's nothing about people coming in and sharing it like it so i generally hope you all enjoy the content want to thank you all for coming want to thank absolutely every single person for supporting it's not over lots of content coming in the off season there's podcasts coming there is some new stuff i am very excited before i disappear 2024 i have found some new ways to interact with everybody um it's a bit technical. It might go horribly wrong, but it will make some of the videos a lot more exciting. And it's certainly for me, I feel it's going to be a game changer. So keep your eyes peeled for that. There's obviously the work that I'm going to be doing with FanAmp as well. We've got some great stuff coming over the off season as well. So if you haven't already downloaded the app, certainly follow FanAmp on social media. Obviously, keep your eye on mine. That's another shameless plug that if you haven't already, hit subscribe, hit follow, hit like, hit share do whatever you want because ultimately I can't do any of this without all of you lot doing what you do so as I round off 2023 I hope you've enjoyed it it's not the last so is it last the season it's the last the season but it won't be last one in the year because like I say I'm going to come back with some more drivers sort of breakdown, some more information on the head-to-head and that side of things but I'm going to do that probably two at a time on a podcast so I'm going to put it up on social media so keep your eyes peeled of what teams are coming up and if you want me to answer anything or include anything drop it in the comments and I'll make sure I include it but that's me just saying do you know what thank you very much for 2023 your support invaluable and I'll see you all soon